This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. Do I have everybody's attention now? Hello and welcome back to the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host Scotty Wrestling. This week we have a very special week as we will be doing what we always do in discussing SmackDown, Raw, AEW, NXT, and Stardom. And a special shout out by the end of the show. So don't you worry, we're going to jump right in now and we're actually going to start this week off with AEW. Because I think AEW had the biggest week by far, you know, because they had... Their pay-per-view Full Gear, which was a fantastic show from beginning to end. And I think it's, you know, worth talking about. Because, you know, I want to share my thoughts with what I thought worked, what I thought didn't work, and, you know, anything else. So, let's jump right in. To start the night, we had the match that, you know, I thought was the biggest of the night. Which was Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page for the number one contendership of the AEW Championship. And I don't know about anyone else, but I thought this match delivered in every sense of the way because, you know, you put two guys in there that were former tag team partners, and clearly they're telling a story here for both men. Kenny is, you know, going back to his old ways of this, you know, heelish figure that's simply the best. He's looked at as the best, and he's now performing like the best. And then you got, you know, the sad underdog of Hangman Page, who hasn't been able to win the big one yet. Yes, he has that tag team title win, but, you know, he had his shot at All Out, lost to Jericho, didn't win the title, hasn't got a shot since. And that's, you know, the story we're being told here. And I think it's a great story to tell. Now... I'm not sure necessarily when these two will go at it again, but it will be for the AEW World Championship, and I believe it will be the moment Hangman finally wins the big one. Now, yes, Kenny Omega won the match, and that was the right choice. Oh, may I add, before we get into all these results, I got every single prediction right. Pretty big, uh, pretty big accomplishment for me. I did not think this was a predictable show by any means, but... At the same time, I thought, you know, there were certain people that just had to win their matches. So, that worked out pretty well. But, anyways, back to the Omega-Page match. I thought it was a great match uh, from beginning to end. Omega ended up walking out as the winner. He will face John Moxley on, I believe, December 2nd for the AEW World Championship. And that should be the night that he wins the AEW World Championship. You can do the rematch at Revolution, I think. I think that's... The ideal spot, but I think it's time for him to win. And winning the world title on the 
television show, that's pretty good for Dynamite. You know, it doesn't happen all the time, but I think it would be good here to do. So, that was a great match. Uh, we have Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. Orange Cassidy won. I thought that was a fine match. You know, nothing nothing to write home about, per se. I Clearly, they see something in both men. I just wonder, what is Orange Cassidy's ceiling? Because... I just don't see him winning the world title, but like a TNT championship run, I could see. Uh, speaking of the TNT championship, that's where we're going here. Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen. This match was good. This match was really good. Um, you could tell for a lot of the matches, Cody dominating, being the you know bigger man and using that to his advantage. And Darby was the underdog. And Darby was trying to prove that he could be the face. And Cody was trying to prove that there was no way Darby was the face. And Darby, in the end, finally got his win over Cody Rhodes. I think that was the story here. That was so important. And, you know, they they were respectful to each other after. Of course, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage came out. I, that's the number one thing I think I didn't like on the show. Like, if we're going to ruin Darby's celebration, I thought it was going to be a Cody heel turn. Since we didn't get that... This was like, meh, but I'm very happy for Darby. It was a real moment, you know, as Cody went to hand Darby the championship. It it created, like, this sense of, wow, this is a big move, you know? Cody built up that title very well. Cody is a household name, per se, for AEW, and Darby's still working. He finally won the big one, so it was a really cool moment to witness as a fan. And the match was excellent, so that's always good to hear. Now let's get on to the AEW Women's Championship match. You know, this didn't have a lot of build, un, unrightfully so. You know, I think these two deserved the build if they were going to have the rematch. And it turned out to be a really good match. You know, Sheeta and Nyla have really figured out how to work together and they've had some brutal encounters and this was another one now i do think it went on a little too long but it was it was a good match it was a fun fun brawl that ultimately resulted in the right result which was Shido walking out as the winner now i i think the next way they go per se it has to be Britt baker i mean i don't know how long they're gonna wait to pull that trigger of Brie, of Britt Baker not being champion. So I think that's coming. I think that's what we get next. Probably a revolution. You don't have the slow build. No, re- no need to rush that. Now, the match I'm excited to get to is the AEW Tag Team title match. The Revival, oh, sorry, FTR versus the Young Bucks. This was the match made... Years ago, years in the making per se, that fans wanted, they wanted, and I was afraid that, you know, there's a chance you don't deliver on the amount it was talked up, the amount it was anticipated, and what they did was deliver in every single way. You know, they brought out the best hits per se of former tag teams, and it was kind of a lot like the... Um, best, ma- greatest match ever, or whatever they wanted to call, Edge versus Randy Orton and Backlash this year. In terms of, you know, they were using old tag team finishers, but I thought it 
with a great touch. And I like the greatest match ever, you know, per se. I liked that. So I like this a lot. I think these two teams delivered in every way, shape, or form. And the right team won. The Young Bucks ended up pulling out the win. Matt Jackson fought through his injuries. Hit hit a Cash Wheeler, I think his name is now, with a super kick to end it. And, you know, this was, this was the match everyone hoped for. And it over-delivered even, like... Yeah, everyone had high expectations, and they delivered on those expectations, and maybe even more. This was a top-quality tag team match, and this is why AEW is the home of tag teams if they just wrote it right. Now, I want to talk about the Elite Deletion. This was a match I was very excited for. I've been very vocal about that. Um, the Elite Deletion between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. It was good. I'm going to say it was good. But it was my least favorite out of all the special Matt Hardy matches, including the WWE one. I thought it could have done more. Um, I liked the, you know, odes to Matt's career in some way, shape, or form. But I don't know. I, I just felt like it was missing, like, that one that one key thing. I, I don't know necessarily what the word is for what it was missing. But I was missing something. It was good. It was good. It was a... It might have been the weakest match on the card. Yeah. I think it was the weakest match on the card. But it was fun. I had a fun time. That's all that that type of match really matters for. So, I guess we get over it there. Uh, now we're on to Chris Jericho versus MJF. MJF wins. He's in the inner circle. Guess what? MJF won. He is now in the inner circle. And, you know, they had their induction thing on... AEW this week, which, you know, that's great and all. And I thought this was the right win. And I'm questioning which way this goes. I'm thinking we are going to end up with a babyface Jericho by the end of this, which should be interesting. I'm very intrigued to see where this goes, especially, you know, they sing Judas as loud as possible. It, it's only right if they can cheer him too, you know? So they, they made the right move. It's just a matter of will they make MJF the leader eventually? And I think the answer is absolutely. I think that's the way they have to go. I think that's the path they're going. And it, the match was fine. The match was uh, pretty, you know, basic stuff. I don't look at MJF and think of him as like this world-class wrestler and Chris Jericho in his older age is not that either. He's more of a brawler anyway. So, it was a good match. Excellent ending. That's also worth noting. And now we're on to the main event for the AEW World Championship. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. This was brutal. This was a story. This was excellent. These two told a story that only these two could tell. You know, and it was it was almost sad to watch Eddie Kingston quit in the middle of the ring. It was, you know, it was everything you hoped for. They told the story that they were trying to tell on TV for weeks. And, you know, Eddie Kingston's already got his next thing. So we're going to jump into AEW this week and finish up AEW now. Uh, so Pentagon versus Phoenix 2 happened this week. Another fantastic match, but this was a lot different from the first one, as this was far more intense, far more personal. 
their masks were ripped. Um, Pentagon won this one. And then at the end, this is this is where the big stuff happens for AEW. At the end of the show, Eddie Kingston gets into the ring. He pushes Phoenix out of the ring and says to Pentagon, you did it. You did it. I knew you could do it. Um, and, you know, he starts talking. And then the music hits. And Pac returned. After not knowing for sure if he was returning after his video last week, we were a little uncertain if he was actually going to be back. And guess what? He is back. He's in the States. He was there in person. He was going Freddie Kingston. And now I'm wondering if we're getting a Death Triangle versus Eddie Kingston's family of, you know, the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. I'm wondering where we go there because I always wanted to see how Death Triangle worked. Death Triangle worked. And clearly... Pac is going to be the main guy here. Him and Eddie Kingston are going to be the next program. I'm very excited to see where these two go, especially on the promos. Like These are going to be phenomenal. It's going to be must-see TV. Pac's my favorite guy in AEW, so you know I'm excited about it. I'm excited about his return. It was long overdue. I'm happy he's going to get to do this, you know? So, AEW is, you know, built for the future in a phenomenal way. I'm really looking forward to the next couple weeks. They have a packed couple shows. And, you know, Kenny def- is going for the title next month. It's happening. So, that's exciting. Like, AEW has put it all together in the past couple weeks, I think. And I'm so intrigued to see where the stuff with Pac and Eddie go. On to SmackDown. We were going to talk about SmackDown real quick. This was a big week. This was a big week for SmackDown. They had a good episode once again. Um, Roman Reigns has been excellent in his role. This week was no different. You know, he he has this, like, somewhat master-type thing over Jey Uso. It's kind of uncomfortable, but also great. You know, and you know what they what they did this week was Jey Uso and Kevin Owens are on the same Survivor Series team, of course, for Team SmackDown. And Kevin kind of made a wise chop, and Roman said to Jay after, "Well, you're gonna take care of business," and that's what he did. And Jey Uso pinned Kevin Owens in the middle of the ring. That's back to back weeks, and. I believe in the past month, three three times out of four, that he's beaten AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, and Kevin Owens clean in the middle of the ring. Jey Uso. That tells you all you need to know about where this story's going. I'm so intrigued by it. It continues to get better and better. You know, the family is being made. I'm looking forward to when Jimmy Uso comes back to see how we continue this. But it's been an awesome angle that I can't, you know, I can't stop watching. Now, something with SmackDown that I also want to note was that Ruby Riot qualified for Team SmackDown. This is what we like to see, ladies and gentlemen. This is the type of stuff that we needed to see with this new SmackDown roster. Ruby Riot deserves a shot at Survivor Series, and that's what she's getting. She and Bianca Belair so far make up the Survivor Series team and you know I'm very excited for that she deserves that spot so much and you know she cut her hair she looked great she uh had the same old 
look as when she was in the Indies as Heidi Lovelace. So I'm very happy for her. I think Liv better be next. And then probably Bailey, which she should be on there. And, you know, you could toss anyone of Selena or Natalia or someone like that in there too. But Bailey's going to have to be the captain of this team. But I'm very happy for Ruby, very happy of the team so far. SmackDown's looking good. And this was the big, big segment and really news of the week. You know, in here in the United States, we are st- we were still dealing with election stuff last Friday. Um, we didn't know who was going to be the president of the United States. And that means everyone's watching election coverage. Um, I believe there were 6 million people watching during the time of SmackDown, which... You know, you'd automatically assume that's bad for SmackDown. It's going to be trouble. You know, that's less eyes. And what Sasha Banks and Bayley were able to do as they kicked off the show was something of impressive, like it was the most impressive thing they've done. They reached 2.5 million viewers during their match. They're draws, people. They have been all year, and they continue to be now. These two put on another fantastic match with no interruptions. It was a clean finish. Sasha walked out and still for the first time in her main roster career. This match was perfect. And the people that were, you know, tuned in, checking it out, that's what we like to see because that only grows Bailey and Sasha more. They need that recognition because I feel like people are hesitant or don't want to give them that recognition, but they have more recognition than anyone on the main roster right now. People are tuning in to watch them. No one else. That's important. And I'm very happy to see that, you know, filled me with joy to see that they got this, you know, credit because, you know, during election time, that's automatically going to be a hard number to get. And they got the most SmackDowns got since I believe the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. So, There you go. That's all you need to know. So why don't we go on to Raw. Um, Raw was pretty boring this week. A whole lot of nothing. But the only one thing I wanted to add was uh, Riddle, a.k.a. Matt Riddle, um, clinched to be the final spot on the Raw Survivor Series team, which means that he joins Keith Lee, AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, and Sheamus, making a pretty stacked team in terms of WWE ways, you know. Keith Lee has been on the rise. AJ Styles is a former two-time WWE champion. Braun Strowman is a former Universal champion. And Sheamus is a former four-time world champion. So this is a good spot for Matt Riddle. He's the, him and Keith Lee are the new guys, but they have experience. You know, they were in the Survivor Series tag team match last week and I last year and I hope that they can shine again. That's my main hope. Hope they are able to shine again, show what they can do. And you know, if I'm writing if I'm writing the show, I'm picking having Keith Lee be the sole survivor for Raw if Raw's to win. So let's go to NXT. NXT had another massive week this week. Another great show. Felt like NXT once again. And they kicked off with a 
NXT North American Championship match. Johnny Gargano was going to defend his title and try to break the curse that he calls it of losing his championships in NXT immediately. He's never successfully defended one, and you know he was trying to change that. So he was going to go against a worthy competitor, and he used a wheel again, which was pretty funny. You know, after him not liking wheels, he used one again. So this is where it gets good. You know, he's clearly written. That's my bad. Sorry. He clearly wrote in Leon, Leon Ruff onto the thing. There was names like Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Roderick Strong, you know, Kyle Wright. There was top names on this wheel. But clearly he had some magnetic thing connected to Leon Ruff's name. So Leon Ruff's picked and Leon Ruff runs out. He's... You know, happy as can be. This is the match of his career. This is the biggest match of his career so far. So he walks down there to the ring. And uh, they're having the match back and forth. Now Leon Ruff's getting pretty beaten up. Showing some fight though. Gets a near fall on a roll up. And then you know, Damien Priest shows up. Damien Priest is, you know, kind of scares Johnny. But he doesn't really do anything. He doesn't hit him or anything. Get back into the ring. And Leon Ruff hits Gargano with a crucifix bomb. One, two, three. Leon Ruff is your NXT North American champion. Yes, you heard it here first. Leon Ruff is your NXT North American champion. Now, do I expect this to last longer than a month? No, I don't. I do not. I think he's going to lose that title very soon. But it was a perfect surprise win that you really don't see in a brand like NXT. And, you know, Leon Ruff, he's going to have a good career in front of him. I really do think so. But it was not a win you expected. He is the reigning, defending NXT North American champion. That's all we can say. Now, that was that was an awesome surprise. Something else that was awesome from NXT was Candice LeRae versus Tony Storm. Another great match where Candice LeRae actually pulled out the win. That's her first big win in, you know, feels like sometime. I mean, she beat Shotzi a few weeks ago. But she managed to somewhat win this clean. I mean, she used the ropes on her pin attempt. So, you know, I guess that's not technically clean. But I thought it was a great... A great you know, showcase for both of them. And, you know, Tony Storm is clearly on the rise. She's probably going to get the next NXT Championship match, if I had to guess. But that's back-to-back weeks at Ember Moon and Tony Storm, NXT's newest additions to the women's team, lost. So, that's kind of massive. You know, this division is stacked, and there's no, you know, alpha dogs except for these two. And this is something I want to talk about because, you know, this is the biggest match NXT has on the brand moving forward. And it's happening next week. It will be NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai defending her title against Rhea Ripley. That's the biggest match. And it's happening next week. And, you know, I've said on the show, Io Shirai is my girl. She is, you know, I'm a massive fan. She's my favorite I don't know which way it's going to go. 
because Rhea Ripley has, you know, really turned herself around after her tough beginning of the year that really hurt her to be this dominant force again. And, you know, either way it goes, it's a major win. Major win because Io Shirai has been this dominant champion. Rhea Ripley has long been this dominant force in NXT. My decision, I keep Io Shirai as champion. I think there are other people to defeat her down the line, whether it be a Tony Storm or an Ember Moon or a Mercedes Martinez. Like, I think Rhea's had her time. I think this is going to be Rhea's final match in NXT. And I think she gets called up after Survivor Series. I think Yoshirai walks out and still NXT Women's Champion. And I think that's the right decision. And the last big thing for NXT this week is that Finn Balor will finally return next week to NXT to discuss the status of the NXT Championship. And this is really interesting because this is going to be the first time we see Finn Balor since NXT TakeOver 31. In the NXT arena. So. My proposal. Is that. Assuming Finn's clear. Which I think he is. You reintroduce. The healthy. Carrying cross. You know. He's talking about. You know. I am. I won this title in the tournament. And I plan to defend it. I don't want to give it up. I'm not going to give it up like the last champion. Boom, lights go out. Fallen prey hits. Bang, they're there. He lays out Finn Balor, setting up the next big match for the December takeover, where Karrion Cross will become NXT champion once again. I think that's the way you go next week, because that, you know, that's massive. You pair that with the huge Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley match, and you know, you got two major segments on one show. I think that's where they're going to go. I think that's where they should go. And I'm very excited to see where they do go. Happy to see Finn back as well. Now, I have one more thing I want to talk about before the big shout out at the end. Which is a little stardom talk for this week. I watched a special match. Now, next week we are going to talk Tag League. And the finals. You know, that ultimate... Not the finals. But we're going to talk Tag League and then the... Outcome of the championship match following Tag League. As for those who don't know, uh, Momo Watanabe and Azumi won the Tag League. So we're going to talk about those matches and the ultimate championship match that I believe is happening this weekend. But first, I'm going to talk about the Stars versus Donna Del Mondo match that I watched this week. It had Arisa, Hushiki, uh, Saya. And Mayu Iwatani versus Julia, Siri, and Micah. This match kicked ass. It kicked all sorts of ass. It was an absolute blast from beginning to end. And, you know, watching it, all you get is the feeling of why couldn't have... Why? Why did Arisa have to get hurt? Because we were going, we were leading to her versus Julia, which would have been such a kick-ass match. Their slight encounters in this match were so top-notch. You know, they were like Arisa just walked up to Julia and hit her with a headbutt and smiled. 
Like, that's some sadistic, badass shit. It's amazing. This is a match you should all go out of your way and see because, you know, besides it being very good from beginning to end, it's the only, like, it's the real time that these two go at it and there's a good chance we never get to see that match. So this is your chance to see what they could have done. Arisa, she, she was incredible, plain and simple. She was going to be one of the best possibly ever, I think, had her career not been cut short by injuries. She was that good. And she has so many matches that are phenomenal. This was one of them. And I just want to take the time to talk about her and praise her because I can't say enough good things. She has so many good matches that you need to go back and watch. You know, she kicks absolute ass. And that's that. So, you know, this was a pretty quick episode this week. I didn't have too many topics. I wanted to run through how I felt about AEW this week. You know, Raw and SmackDown didn't give me too much except for the good Sasha and Bailey stuff. NXT was pretty instrumental. And, you know, uh, we're going to have a lot more with the Tag League stuff next week and the championship match to f- that follows. But one thing I wanted to do, I don't know if you guys have seen on my Twitter, at Wrestling. I've been, been talking up one of my guys. When I say one of my guys, I mean, I'm a big fan of him, big fan of his work, has been, have been for years now, and that's Leo Rush. I want to talk about Leo Rush right here, right now, because this man is about to set the world ablaze. His work in GCW has already been great, and now he's going to be competing in the Super J Cup for New Japan Pro Wrestling, making his New Japan debut. He will be a part of the Major League Wrestling restart, the restart. To be exact. That's massive. He's been on United Wrestling Network. Past couple of weeks. So pretty much working with NWA as well. That's huge. Today. As of this recording. He announced that he will be. On the challenge. MTV's The Challenge. Alongside a number of people from reality shows. Like Big Brother. Um, an Olympic. Athlete. You know this. This man is putting the world on fire and it's so great to see because he deserves it his run in WWE wasn't right he deserved a lot more he deserved to be a star he shouldn't have been you know 205 live only and when he was the cruiserweight champion I thought that was the most exciting you know run we had in some time even if it was short I loved watching Leo Rush matches Leo Rush is one of my favorite wrestlers and I just wanted to give him the shout out because he is, you know, real. That's something so important. And, you know, if you hear his music, you hear that realness. Um, I want to give him a shout out because, you know, I'm going to be writing an article this week for the last word on sports pro wrestling site about Leo and his rise and his greatness that he is exhibiting right now. There's a reason that all these companies want him. Because they see his potential. They see what he is. They see what he can be even more. So I'm happy for him. I hope he goes far in the New Japan Super Cup. Because there's some matches in that cup that you want to see more of. So I'm very happy for this guy. Because his WWE run wasn't what he deserved. One bit. 
And I just wanted to go here and, you know, give him credit for the way he's turned his career. Because he really did consider retiring from wrestling. Like, think of how what a shame that would have been. That that man who's so talented in what he does, at his craft, was willing to give it up because, you know, WWE kind of knocked that love out of it for him. That's That's unacceptable. So I'm very happy. I applaud what he's doing. And... You know, I can't wait to see the results of all this. And he's even teasing, you know, showing up in AEW. So we'll we'll see the extent of his run. You know, he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. And he's surely not done. So I can't wait. Otherwise, you know, this was the Wrestling With Edwards podcast, episode 10. We've gotten to 10, and we're going to keep rolling on. Please, next week we're going to have a big week. I promise that tag league, um, you know, more. We're going to have the review of the NXT match between Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Hopefully Raw gives me something. And next week is also the lead up to Survivor Series, the final week. So we will have a Survivor Series preview, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you worry. Other than that, I'm Scotty Wrestling. You're the best fans in the world. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you next week.